0: Welcome to another edition of Niners Nation. Uh, We are just recapping another practice, uh, training camp practice. This is practice 11, I believe. Uh, My name's Kyle Posey. I am not there. I had to fly back and get back to the real world. Uh, Jordan Elliott, I'm joined as always. He was there. And he's going to kind of fill us in and let us know how things went. So, uh, based on the timeline, it sounds like Trey Lance had himself a day. Uh, Before we get into that, though, Emmanuel Mosley did not practice. He hasn't practiced in a couple of days. He has a hamstring strain. Uh, don't have to. Th- uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to be too serious. He's expected to return in a week. But before we get to Trey Lance, uh, this is something that you kind of have to worry about. Not in the sense of, you know, Mosley's is going to miss time right now. But what if this happens during the season? Because if it does, then we're talking about Ambry Thomas, um, Diamon Dorlenora forgot his name for a second. Uh, Kadar Holman, and then you know whoever else they they have confidence in um, throwing out there. So with Emmanuel Mosley out, Jordan, tell us how the cornerback rotation went today.
1: Uh, so it was really strange because during walkthroughs, uh, Holman was the guy that was in place of Mosley, and I had it in my notes that Ward was doing the walkthroughs. I just think he wasn't participating in the team drills, um, and when the Team drills came out, and the first team was going out, Move the ball stuff, red zone. Uh, Lenore and Thomas were the first up. So I don't know if that's just, again, they're trying to get those guys as many reps as possible and kind of evaluate what they have there. They obviously invested a pretty um, significant draft pick into Thomas with a third-round pick last year. So I'll be honest, I was a little surprised. I thought that based on just the way camp's gone so far, That Holman would have been the guy that would have kind of been the first up in that spot. But again, like when you make an investment in a player like Thomas, there's a reason why you did. There were things you liked when you drafted him. And even if you have a rough camp, I don't think that that defines where you're going to ultimately be. And maybe the 49ers want to get him more reps against ones because he's been running with the twos pretty much all throughout camp. So maybe they viewed it as an opportunity. But uh, speaking of opportunity, I think the 49ers receivers definitely took it as an opportunity because it was by far the most separation they've gotten in any practice. during camp. As a result, the offense as a whole was gelling a lot better. Trey Lance was a lot more comfortable. So um, if there's any silver lining to having both your starting corners not out there uh, during team drills, it's definitely the receivers looking a lot better as a result.
0: Well, on Ambry Thomas, and I imagine you had, you had a good point with. So, third rounder, they are going to probably give him every opportunity to prove that he can succeed. Not prove, or maybe a better way to put it is just prove that he he needs to fail. So. Um, if he's the next guy up, I had him as one of the losers of training camp. It feels like you know whenever you kind of looked up, he was the guy getting beat. He was giving up big plays, and it really didn't matter who he was going against, whether it was with the ones, twos, or threes, or against Brandon Ayuk or Malik Turner, you name it. Uh, there were big plays given up from my, or sorry, uh, Thomas. So uh, we're gonna, I guess we'll kind of keep an eye on that during the preseason, not only how the cornerback rotations go, um, but if Thomas just plays better. So you mentioned the wide receivers. Uh, let's talk about the offense. Let's go to the offense side of the ball here. So, uh, Trey Lance, I imagine, had a better day. You said the offense as a whole. What stood out the most about Trey Lance aside from his numbers? So,
1: I want to give a quick shout-out to the loyal Niners Nation's readers. I know this is a podcast. This is audio. But I wrote something that was up, I think, yesterday morning about how Sunday's practice, the big discussion was that he was 4-12 and that, you know, 33% completion percentage and then the sky is falling. And I actually really liked what I saw from him from a mechanic standpoint. I thought that um, he was much more fluid and consistent with his mechanics. I thought that his feet looked a lot better. And he missed a couple throws for sure. There were a few that I'm sure he wished he could have back. But I don't think the stat line was at all um, a good indication of where he was at. And I was very encouraged today that that continued. He looked much more comfortable throwing the ball from the pocket, working through his progressions, being decisive, Um Again, getting the ball out in rhythm, in timing. Uh, he had a couple really nice throws over the middle, one to Brandon Ayuk, where he hit him uh, in stride, really allowed him to get the ball in front of him in stride and create after the catch, which had been kind of an issue throughout camp where there were balls that he was completing, but it was behind guys it slowed him down a little bit. So I just think he looked better as a whole. And I think that it's always something that was going to happen the more comfortable he got, the more reps that he got. I did have a couple other notes, too, that have really stood out to me. And again, this is training camp. Take it for what it's worth. But there seems to be a big distinction in the consistency of him throwing deep to the right side versus deep to the left. For whatever reason, when he's throwing back to the left side, the consistency just isn't there. And it feels like every time there's an egregious miss, it happens to come on some kind of deep out to the left side. And every time I look at my notes, and it's not just from today, this is over 11 days of camp. There's always more to the left side that's being missed than to the right. And again, I, I don't know what's causing that. I don't know if it's pure coincidence, but that was one thing I noticed. The other thing is that just during pre, you know, practice warmups or like the first team or first, sorry, positional period uh, the quarterbacks are working It's Sudfeld, it's Lance, it's Purdy, they're working with Brian Greasy. And something really stood out to me that I kind of jotted down in my notes. They started out throwing from a completely stationary, um, you know, only driving from the hips, not stepping into throws, um, feet are set. And I thought that Lance looked really good just purely off his arm and driving off his hips. And then the second they asked him to kind of step into his throws from more of a stationary spot, the ball started coming out a little bit, you know, not as clean. The accuracy certainly took a hit. The ball placement wasn't there quite as much. And then when you got to a point where he was moving on the run, He was throwing off his back foot a little bit off these rollouts. And he looked better when he was either completely standing still, driving off his hip or on the move. But when he was stepping up as you would in a pocket, throwing from the pocket and kind of having that step into your throw, that was where it kind of stood out where the consistency wasn't really there. And I think a lot of that probably has to do with the tweaking they've been doing to his mechanics since he was drafted. But I don't know what you think about that. I just thought it was really interesting that, you know and there's no defenders this is just them throwing to open receivers they're throwing against air and for whatever reason when he ha- he was standing there and it just there was a, an emphasized hitch into his throwing motion that's when the accuracy really dipped but then on the very next play he'd be moving you know at a pretty good clip to his right on the move off one foot and throw a dart so i don't know what to make of it i just thought it was interesting that whenever the feet were really emphasized as you would be throwing from the pocket that's where i think the biggest area of improvement needs to come from
0: so that's those are all really great points and it kind of narrows it down and tells you what the problem is. When you remove Lance's feet from the equation, he's a more accurate quarterback. When you remove Lance's feet from the equation, he has no problem put the ball in the money uh, down the field. His actual his accuracy gets better uh, when he's on the move, when he's throwing play actions, and when, you- when he's throwing it to his right um, because his feet are, you know, whether it's tied together where it's not having to move as much compared to the left, it- it's crazy that that is the case, but – it's also pretty consistent, too. So um, you don't really have to guess too much when you're when you're describing it because you kind of say it for yourself. So that's a really good explanation. And it's something to keep an eye on, too. You know, uh, do we see fewer passes to the left because of that? Because, you know, the coaches have to be aware of it. Uh, do we see Lance rolling out more than usual uh, just because uh, – or even play action just because, again, uh, if those are the timing type of passes that the 49ers need to rely on, uh, Shannon might feel as though – Uh, his feet are too big of an issue or at least early on and maybe even keep an eye on that as the season progresses, but a consistency will be a thing. And you mentioned uh, the completion percentage and a lot of those we've talked about this before. Sometimes uh, there are drops, sometimes there are good misses. So I I know uh, there's a couple of times where he's overthrown it into coverage. Uh, There was no other place to go with the ball. There's times where um, he just overthrows and for whatever reason, Uh, The wide receiver doesn't or the wide receiver can't separate. So he's given his guys a chance. And sometimes uh, there are such things as good misses. So and that doesn't really absolve him because there have been some head scratchers and interceptions in there. Um, What did you see from the running back position today? Because that feels like every day there is somebody new who steps up, whether it's Elijah Mitchell, whether it's Trey Sermon, whether it's Ty Davis Price, Jeff Wilson. Uh, You can go on and on. What did you think today? There were two
1: guys who really stood out to me and Jeff Wilson is number one. Jeff Wilson was the best running back on the field today. He busted two. um, I I had him charted as at least 20 yards runs before he got tagged by anybody in a way where I would consider it a tackle if they were actually bringing guys to the ground. Looked really good with his cuts, looked decisive. And again, he's a veteran, has experience in the system. Shanahan's going to lean on guys that he trusts. If Jeff Wilson is healthy and he's passing all the, you know, checking every box in terms of medicals and their confidence that he can make it through the season, um without any you know serious injury or anything like that he's gonna make the roster like i I, to me i feel like that's a lock at this point and it's hard because the running back position is usually really hard to judge but he's just looked really good and again it's somebody that you can throw out there on third down you know it's going to be able to protect a young quarterback and pass protection has value as a receiver so i thought jeff wilson was really good and i thought trey sermon was really good and the thing that stood out to me about trey sermon he had a couple nice runs but it was his work in the passing game during move the ball drills he had a couple of really nice catches Uh, working towards the sideline in the flat where he had to go out and get it uh, and, you know, really make a catch with his hands away from his body on the move, falling towards the sideline with a defender on his back hip. And uh, he just looks a lot more comfortable. I think Trey Sermon, it's night and day compared to what we saw last year from him during training camp. Uh, He mentioned that after having a year in the system, he feels more comfortable. He's able to play faster because of that experience. And I think it's really showing. Uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell had a couple nice runs. He didn't see too much work. I think he's kind of solidified as that number one back and they're comfortable with where he's at. Uh, you know, hasty had a touchdown run. Uh, I think I had my notes, Ty Davis price had a good run. And then Jordan Mason, the undrafted free agent, like this to me is the biggest question in the room because I think he's earned a roster spot, but I don't know who is left out of the game of musical chairs and who's the odd man out to create a spot for him. I I don't want to say that it's just safe to stash an undrafted guy on the practice squad because I think that, you know, there's some kind of reputation with Shanahan where, hey, if Shanahan likes this guy enough to bring him in and roster him throughout camp, there's got to be something there. And I think you run the risk of losing him, honestly, if you do put him through waivers and try to stash him on the practice squad. So I'll be very interested to see how that goes because you're going to have a really hard time, um, you know – not having a guy like TDP or Sermon on the roster based on the capital you invested. Elijah Mitchell, again, has solidified his spot. Usech always kind of counts as one of those backs, too. So Jordan Mason looked really good again today. I just don't know who the odd man out is. Like H- H- Hasty feels like he's probably the first one out just based on the way they're kind of leaning with that position and the amount of inside zone stuff they seem to be running now. I don't know that that's his strong suit. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes moving forward. But it was another very encouraging day. And Jeff Wilson just, again, solidified that, to me, he's a lock to make the roster as long as all the medicals
0: check out. I think with Mason, the best way to stash him is just by using him sparingly during the preseason. Because if they use him a lot and he's going against the other team's third teams, he's going to run over people and he's going to look very, very good. And it's going to make that even more difficult to kind of keep him under the wraps, keep him under the radar when it's time to make that roster cut down. So uh, I I agree that it will be tough to stash him. Um, I I think at this point I would leave Hasty off the roster. So Hasty was the third down back, at least uh, during Saturday's move of the ball period, during the first move of the ball period. And I think that was just because they're – Going to give him an opportunity to, you know, hey, prove that you can make plays, even though he has had plenty of opportunities to do so. I think Jeff Wilson is a sneaky third down back, at least to start the season until they feel comfortable that Trey Sermon's, you know, ready to pick up or protect Trey Lance's. Anthony Lynn, when I spoke to him on Thursday, he said the first thing he's looking for in a third down back is for somebody who can keep the quarterback on two feet. He's not, he doesn't care. I'm not going to say he doesn't care about wide receivers, but um, if you can't protect, you can't play on third down. So. The veteran Jeff Wilson does sound like um, he has a leg up in that in that area. And you mentioned just, you know, him having a good day. He's always been very good at, you know, getting upfield, going north and south. So if, you know, he has this trust from Kyle Shanahan with that in mind, it's just going to be a headache if you're a fantasy owner trying to figure out what the 49ers are going to do a running back. Because, again, I think there's a very real outcome of these guys. Essentially, just having different games every game. So, you know, we've talked, it feels like we talk about this every podcast. So, Mitchell might have an 80 yard game one game. Uh, The next game, Wilson uh, might steal all the touchdowns around the goal line. So, figuring out the goal line back, figuring out uh, who's going to come in on third downs, like all that's going to work itself out. And not just in the preseason, probably uh, the first half of the season. How about on defense? Um, Who stood out was the. So, for the offense to have a good day. I'm, I imagine that means the, the offensive line blocked well. And that also probably means, um, you know, so they were able to get over on the defense. So what happened on that side?
1: Yeah, uh, You know, you have the usual guys like Fred Warner, I thought had a really good practice. And it just gets to the point where like, he's so good at what he does that you it's almost like an afterthought. Like I'm like watching other guys who are standing out and Warner's just doing it every day to the point where you're almost like numb to it. And you're just like, Oh, okay. This guy's carrying a receiver 25 yards up the field and, you know, completely blanketing them and forcing Lance to move on to a different read. And I see it so often that I think I unintentionally kind of just like put it in the back pocket and don't really think about it as much. But Fred Warner looked really good today. He almost had an interception on a ball that Trey Lance should have never thrown off his back foot. It was one of the few mistakes today he made where it just was unexcusable. Uh, he looked good. Nick Bosa looked really good in the reps he was out there. Um, some really good one-on-one reps against uh, Trent Williams, too. Uh, that, that battle is, you know, oh, Trent yeah. Williams is definitely, you know, kind of the favorite, but I think is making it closer and closer the more and more they're going at it. Uh, so those guys look really good, but, you know, I thought the interior looked really good as well. Um, there was a couple plays where the inside of the pocket really collapsed, and it wasn't because the offensive line got beat right off the line, but it was just a kind of, like, high-motor play where there's two-and-a-half, three seconds to throw, and the defensive line is just continuing to push and continuing to be relentless, getting after the quarterback. Uh, in particular, I would say Javon Kinlaw and Kevin Givens were the guys who impressed me a lot today. Alex Barrett looked really good during one-on-ones and had a pretty good uh, couple of plays during 11s as well. So I think the offensive line's playing a lot better, but I also think that the defensive line has had uh, a lot of good plays during 11s. Another guy I have to talk about really quickly too is Komoko Ture. Komoko Toure is just destroying some of these 49ers offensive linemen during one-on-ones. And it's incredible to watch because you see he has this really quick step to the outside. He has really good burst off the line and ability to bend. And when guys commit too far to the outside, his counter going back to the inside is incredible. And he has this kind of like spin move where he goes to the outside and gets you going out to your left and then counters back inside with the spin move. And it was fascinating to watch him do that for the last couple of days and then once the offensive lineman started to adjust and try to counter the spin move, he went back out to the outside. So he's really just, it feels like he's honestly toying with some of these guys. And I think he's somebody that's going to be the person we're talking about. That's the next example in the long line of great athlete, put him with Chris Kosarik and Daryl Tapp and watch them revitalize their career and get a big payday somewhere else next year. He just feels like somebody that, watching him day in and day out it's a shock that the 49ers were able to get him i think i looked at his contract and it was like 1 year at 1.7 million which again it's, you know it's kind of a prove it deal it's kind of a chance for him to really um you know build up his value again but i think he's going to be a huge part of this defense and then the last guy i would say Charles menahue we talked a lot about his length and size when you he were here kp we talked a lot about how we think they're going to use him he had a rep on the inside where he swatted down a ball at the line of scrimmage that never had a chance just by getting his big long arms up at the line of scrimmage so um, I thought the defensive line was definitely the best unit of the day. And I don't think it's any coincidence that's because the starting corners were out too, that they ended up looking really good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think a has a bright future. If, if we're picking who's going to be this year's Arden Key, I think it's a menu. I want to see Torey stay healthy because I know he's capable of rushing a passer. And I know in this, on this defense, like these guys, the, the players that we're talking about, whether it's Kevin Givens, whether it's a mini, whether it's Torey, all of these guys are going to have so many one-on-ones. It's going to be impossible for them not to win. And, and you even brought up Kinlaw earlier on Monday um, – or sorry, on Sunday, I believe it was, Domingo Ryans used the word dominant three times when talking about Kinlaw. So uh, you can tell that they're pretty excited to see what he's going to bring to the table. Um, that, that should do it for us. I mean, a uh, game coming up Friday. I have another practice. So uh, we'll see how Kyle Shannon spoke about, you know, the starters playing – on friday so that's going to be kind of fun to see uh we'll have more we're going to preview that game before we come up we're not so much preview but kind of talk about what we expect but that that'll do it for us here thanks for listening as always please one more thing real quick i forgot jason
1: oh jason poe is one of the most unique athletes i have ever seen they have him listed at like just under six one i think they have him at like six foot and five eighths of an inch he's noticeably smaller than the majority of the offensive linemen the niners have some big offensive linemen he has looked incredible the last couple of practices, especially there's these one on one reps where so the 49ers interior offensive line is obviously has some new faces. The thing they've been struggling the most with is just pure power on bull rushes. And, you know, it's pretty hard when you have guys like Kevin Givens, uh, Kemdiche, uh Jordan Willis and, uh, you know, Javon Kinlaw bull rushing you. Jason Poe has been not only holding his own on those, but when they go to counter and hit him with a you know speed move to the inside, they try to rip over the top with a swim move. He has impressed me so much. Uh, during the offensive line, defensive line, one-on-ones today, I had him charted during four reps, and he dominated three of them. And the one that he did lose to Dice, I just have to tip my cap to him. He, he adjusted pretty well and was able to counter with a little bit more finesse and speed after the power clearly wasn't getting home. So Jason Poe is somebody where I – you know, I'm getting to the point where I feel like there's no chance the 49ers can't have him on the roster this year. Like he looks so good out there. And I think again, it can can come down to something as simple as that saying low man wins has been said since the dawn of the sport of football. And I just think he's so hard to get leverage under. He's already starting under your pad level, and he is so strong and his ability to anchor is incredible. So I just wanted to give Jason Poe a quick shout-out because I thought he's looked absolutely fantastic. And I think it's a great example of kind of not getting trapped in measurables and trapped in kind of prototypes for positions. Because while he's not, you know, tiny out there, just comparatively speaking, he definitely stands out as somebody where he's a little bit smaller than most of the offensive linemen they have rostered. But he's looked like one of the best ones over the last four or five days, in my opinion.
0: Poe and uh, Mason are for sure going to be the two fan favorites of this preseason, man. I can't wait to see. Uh, Thanks for taking time to go to practice and recapping that for us. Again, uh, that'll do it for us i uh, be on the lookout for Poe, be on the lookout for Mason. Uh, the starters are gonna play probably for a series or two Friday, so that'll be fun. And we will be back with you tomorrow.